coffee. What is it about coffee that makes it so damn good? Maybe it's the smell of coffee brewing that brings back that new to recovery feeling that we got when we first stepped into a meeting. Maybe it's the idea of holding on to one of the only things that still works for kickstarting our day. Maybe it's the way it brings us together, another one of the many things we have in common. Whatever it is, we in the recovery community love our coffee. And why not? Coffee is fuel. Coffee is love. Coffee is life. That's what makes Brainwash Coffee the perfect partner for us here at the Other Side of Hell podcast. Not only is every flavor of Brainwash Coffee mastered and handcrafted by obsessive minds who won't stop until they've gotten it just right, but 50% of all coffee proceeds go back into the recovery community to help those who may still be suffering, which makes Brainwash Coffee a no-brainer. My personal favorite is the higher powder. It's dark, smoky, and rich, and gives me just enough kick to really get into my day. Right now, you can go to brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code OTHERSIDE for 20% off your coffee purchase. Clean your bean with Brainwash. We at the Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. What's up, everybody? I am Cameron. And I am Willie. Willie, welcome to the show today. How are you feeling, buddy? I feel really, really, really Willie good. I feel Willie... (laughs) I did feel really good. I... I really, really feel. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, you know, I'm actually just gonna keep trying. I really, I really, Willie feel. I really feel good. Willie. Willie. <laughs> Very good. That felt good. I had to keep pushing though. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, because if at first you don't succeed, what do we do? Try, try, try again. That's what. That's they what say. you're supposed to do. Yeah. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about persistence. Yes. Which is a topic that we got from uh, from a war story that we got from Peter. Yeah. Peter was a dope dude. Yeah. He's got very, a lot going on. Very interesting uh, story. Yeah. He's got a lot going on. I, I, I really, you know, we'll, we'll put the plug to his um, Instagram and you can go watch him. But, like, it's, it's really fun to watch what he does. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and the reason that we got this from his topic is because Peter was one of those people and he is one of those people that just kept trying. Yeah. You know? And, and, and a lot of areas, mm-hmm. not just with, with quitting drinking, but with a lot of areas, you know, returning back to his culture and, you know, finding himself and, and, you know, becoming who he is today. It didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't happen overnight for him. Yeah. So, well, and to and me, that's relate. sort of what it feels like, uh, in a whole is that, yeah, we. It's important that we stay persistent when we're trying to maybe sober up or, or, um, you know, quit something, some destructive behavior. But in the end, like it's important that I stay persistent in this journey to better myself. Yeah. You know, look at the big encompassing thing. Yeah. So when when we talk about persistence, what is it that comes to mind for you today? Uh, for, for sure. It's my health journey. Yeah. It's, it's the, 
it's the the mindset, mental and physical health journey that I'm on. You know, it came from it started with getting sober. Like I, I wanted to stop the pain of using and drinking. I got sober. You know, I put down the bottle, I put down the dope, and I picked up the fork. You know, and I was pretty persistent on putting on some weight. I, and and I ate alcoholically mm-hmm. for for a while after getting sober and like getting dropping the weight and finding a, uh, a way that works for me has not been a straight line by any stretch of the imagination by no means has this been you know one one and done for me oh, no. um but there's been lots of times that I've considered giving up and then came back around to I got to do this again today you know and and to to where I'm at today with my program that you know, it's it's very daily. It's a very daily program of persistence and 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 trying and trying and trying, regardless of how I feel, because mm-hmm. I have a clear vision of who I want to be, and I want to get further and further away from who I used to be. You know, learning from the past, but not living in it and not repeating it. Yeah. So, well, what you said there, you you said a clear vision of what I want to be, and I think that that's maybe the most important part of of, of having that persistence. Like it's, it's hard to be persistent if you don't know what, what the goal yeah. is. If you don't know, you know, what, what's at the end of the rainbow. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's important that I recognize that it's not, that there's not necessarily a finish line. Like, I don't know if the work is ever done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't often, always like that though, right? Like you no, used to think so for sure. Yeah. And, it, and now I'm able to recognize like my biggest thing that I do when I, when I feel like giving up is I consider the alternative. What, what else am I going to do? Right. Like what, what is the opposite of this look like? And I feel like I've spent enough time there that I'm like, okay, well that's not really an option. God. Sort of, sort of done that. Could could you imagine dude, like, like for example, okay, just as, as my imagination starts rolling, let's say, you know what? I'm going to give up this health journey and, and I'm going to throw caution to the wind and I'm going to go back to eating the way that you were. Yeah. I'm going to eat whatever crosses my path. I'm going to start going back to fast food. I'm going to reintroduce grains. I'm not going to read labels. I'm not going to track my food. I'm not going to consider macros. I'm not going to exercise like making that conscious decision. And like, I wonder how long I could live there before I literally like shoot myself because it would be so painful to, to, to go back to that type of lifestyle after being over here, you know, like, God, can you imagine like just giving up completely? I can't, I can't even imagine it. It's, I mean, here's the thing is like, I, I hear what you're saying and, and this is how I know that I'm sick. Right. Is like, I, I can hear what you're saying and there's a part of me that goes, I mean, it sounds like it might be a little fun. Like, you know, like, I mean, you know, the end result is not going to be good. No. I'm not going to like to exist in that space, but there's a part of me that will be like, yeah, but it means I could have a donut right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I think about the short term thing as opposed to the the big long picture, right. you know? And I think that, that that has always been, you know, some a fault of mine is I think about the short term payoff instead of the long term result. Right. And I think that that's the important part of uh the, the end goal or, or, well, I just said that there is no end goal and I don't think that there is, but that's the important part of the biggest picture, right, you know, is process. to actually look at what it is 
that I'm going for overall, you know, if, if overall, like I just want to be a good and healthy person that can give back and help others, then the short term fix or the short term high, if you will, is not a viable option to that long and term encompassing person or individual that I want to be. So like you said, I think it is just absolutely paramount that I do have that vision Mm -hmm. of what it is I want to do, what it is I want to look like, what it is, the kind of man I want to be. Right. So, so what is that Cameron? Like, like you're, you, you have some, some future, uh, responsibilities coming up in the next year, your life is going to change quite a bit. You know, we're talking family, we're talking, you know, the physical move coming up and, uh, here's this opportunity for you to, uh, uh, persist in the vision of, of yourself in, in a better way or, starting tomorrow right like right yeah well, so so like what is that vision that you have of yourself and 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 how does persistence play a part in your present to your future mm-hmm. well um i think that uh it the the biggest thing that i want to be is somebody that can be looked up to i want to be you know somebody that is inspiring um that is the kind of man that i want to be like, mm-hmm. When I look at the people around me in my life and I feel like I'm blessed to have a number of different people that I can look at and be like, dude, that's the kind of man that I want to be, right. you know? And th- that, I I want to be that for somebody else. I want somebody else to look at me and, and think that's the kind of guy that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And mind you, like the people that I look at and think that about are not people who are like overly wealthy or flashy or, you know, um, egotistical. They're people who are humble, people who are genuine, people who clearly have integrity, people who seem fearless with their ideas, people who are open, vulnerable, honest. And these are all the things that I want to be. And they're also people that never stop working on themselves regardless of what's going on. Yeah. And that's the kind of person that I want to be. Yeah. You know? And I and I think some days I'm better at, at trying to be that person than others. Yeah. You know? Some days I'm better at being um, all those things all at once. Some days I'm none of those things, you know? But, um, but the point is I keep trying. Yes. I have to keep trying. You do keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's who I want to be, you know? And one of the things that I constantly consider moving towards and working on and, and, and being like, like we've, we've talked about this before and for some reason it comes to mind right now, you know, what do I want my obituary to say? Right. You know, regardless of how, how long that is, you know, there's, there's that end result, right? Like one of these days I'm going to die. What is it that the people around me are going to say about me when I die? Am I, are they going to say like, like, this is a guy that fucking nailed it, right? This is a guy that regardless of how he felt, showed up every day, showed up, persisted through his fears. And we know he did because he talked about his right. fears, yeah. right? This is a guy that persisted through his cravings. And we know he did because he talked about his cravings. This is a guy that showed us how regardless of, of what 
you know, what obstacles may lie in front of you individually, because my obstacles may be different than your obstacles, but I definitely have them. And, and I want to be that guy that in, when, when you guys are talking about me, when I'm gone, you say, you know, this is a guy that came overcame his obstacles. And we know that because he talked about that. Right. And so one of the things that I had to do early on and, and I have to do now is work on communicating my obstacles and, and persist in my growth you know, persist in not falling back into old behaviors, not falling back into those fears, not falling back into relapse behavior that's going to take me away from my overall goal of being a person like you just described, you know, mm-hmm. because that's somebody that I want to be as well. Right. I like being that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Well, and what, is, what does that mean for you when you say be persistent <clears throat> in that? Like, what, what does that mean as far as action? So like the first thing that comes to mind is, is staying teachable, staying open and teachable to, to the signs around me. Like I get signs from my children that I need to grow Yeah, yeah. all the time, Yeah, you know? Um, and I have to, I have to maintain that at one point I sat down and we've talked about a vision for you a, a ton of times, right? Like we've talked about writing out a clear vision of who we want to be. Right. And so for me, it's, it's remembering that, that vision. And so remaining teachable in the lessons that I learned through failure and success, what worked yesterday may not work today. And so I have to be open to like following that feeling inside of myself, the, the conscience part of myself that says, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? And as I move forward in trying to create this person that I'm trying to be, I have to, uh, you have to just stay with the vision <laughs> to stay with the vision. So I don't know, cut that out. Like, I don't know. I, I don't you know. Think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking, like, just, you, you know, I, I already forgot the question I'm doing bad right now, but you know, just stay persistent and fucking moving forward. Like you gotta be a savage, Imper- get up and get up and do fucking burpees. Imperfect action. <laughs> Perfect yeah. action on it. So, yeah, you know, regardless of regardless of like what my mind wants to tell me to do, like like shut down, like what just happened, you know, fucking shut up. Like you don't you, you don't know where you're going with this. Your your thoughts are getting crazy. Like just shut it down. Fuck sh- no. I'm going to persist and and move forward with this podcast on persistence because that's what I do now. Like period. That's just what I do now. I I've, I've made a a habit of persisting regardless of how I feel, right? Like, like not quitting is not an option anymore, period. Yeah. And regardless of, <laughs> of, of resistance, right? Yeah. Like there's, it feels like there's always going to be resistance. Yeah, you know? for like sure. It might come in different ways. It might be on different levels. There might be different, it might meet us um, in different ways or different wavelengths, you know, uh-huh. but it's always going to be there on, there's always going to be something that will hold us back if we, if we let it. Yeah. And the, the important part is that we push past it and recognize that being uncomfortable is a part of that process. Sure. And I think it, it's, it's in those moments that we're able to first decide that we're uncomfortable, decide that we're not going to let us like, let that detour us from, from moving forward. Right. And, you know, if we're able to just continue to move forward, then it gets a little bit easier. Sure. You know, we can move past it. But, but ultimately it's just like, 
it's just like anything else. Like it, it does take discipline. Sure. It does take, you know, having a clear vision and it does take drive. We, we need, like, I don't know if that drive for me comes out of fear or if it comes out of determination, right? Probably a little bit of both. Like I'm afraid of going back to how it was. Sure. I'm afraid of being the person that I used to be. And I am determined not to be that person moving forward. So with the fear behind me and the determination ahead of me, I can generally put myself in a position to move past the resistance at least enough to get me through the day. And then maybe the next day show up and do it again, you know, and different things are going to work on different days. And like I said, I'm not always going to be the same amount of driven each day. Yeah. But the point is to stay persistent. Yes. So for me, I don't know. Persistence today looks a lot different than it used to, you know, but it's still there. It's still there on some level and it's still got to be a big part of what it is I'm doing. Yeah. I, I like what you said. You, you brought up determination, you know, and, and while you were sharing, um, as I was taking it in, thinking about how persistent I was in getting high and getting right. drunk and, and the determination I had in maintaining my buzz and maintaining my, uh, illusion or maintaining my image of, of people not knowing how sick I was. Like I had to make sure that you didn't know how fucked up I was inside of my head. And I, I still get that way. Now, um, one of the things that, that I'm dealing with as we speak right now is I have resistance about the, you know, do I sound okay? Am I doing all right? My head's running all over the place, which is fucking whatever. I don't don't care. Um, because I am determined to, to get through this topic of persistence, even though there is resistance, persistence versus resistance, persistence versus resistance. Mm. I won't have anything in my life if I don't persist past any amount of fear that I have. And so even on stuff that I've done a bunch of times, you know, even on things that I'm very used to, like my daily program or work or the podcast, there will still come in. There will still, still be times of doubt and like resistance. There'll, there'll be times where I'm, I'm uncertain that what I'm doing is the right thing. And regardless of that, I have to move past all that stuff because I have a bigger vision for what I'm doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you too, because I feel like it's important for, for me to stop and remember why, why it is, you know, like I'm, I'm choosing to do the things that I'm doing like for you. And I think, I think that why can be as big an answer as I want it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. It can be small. It can be daily. It can be my whole life. It can be, you know, like the why can change from day to day. But like for you, like what, what is the why? Of what? Of, of the idea that you persist in order to achieve the best version of yourself. A a big part of it is fear. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, um, I'm so afraid of wasting my life. You know, right. we've, we've seen it so many times on unnecessarily wasted lives on people that were so talented, you know, people that were far, far more talented, you know, people that I held in much higher regard than myself didn't quite like come around to the value that they hold within themselves. You know, the value that we see in other people, 
you know, so, so fear, a big fear is like wasting my life, wasting my relationships, wasting the opportunity that I have. Right. Having this understanding and this belief that this is the only shot that I have, you know, it helps me persist past whatever it is I'm feeling in, in so many different areas of my life, you know, whether it's working on my identity, which is, which is a lot different than, um, than my image, right? Like my identity and my image are two completely different things, right? And so working on my identity as the man that people respect, that that has integrity, that shows up, that has all these things that, that I admire in other people, that's, that's the identity that I'm trying to create. The image is, this is easy for me, right? Right. right? That's the image that I want to uphold, that everything, everything works perfectly, that I don't ever stumble or, or fucking trip up or, or have mistakes, that I have answers for everything, that it's all smooth and, and wonderful all the time for me. That's the image, you know? So, you know, just having that fear based in, in like, this is the one shot that I have, not just at success, but at life in general. Right. So that that's part of the persistence. <clears throat> the other thing is, I want to enjoy my life, mm-hmm. right? And so I want to stay consistent with staying away from the things that I know do not work. Right. Right. I don't want to get convinced in any in any way that going back to what doesn't work will work. Yeah. Because I've done enough I've done enough testing. I've experimented enough with with I know that if I go fucking back to throwing caution to the wind and just I'm just going to go back to eating the way that I did. I know that I will be miserable. I know that the fear will maintain. I know that I will end up wasting a good chunk of my life trying to get back to where I was when I lost it. Yeah. Getting back here. Like I want to keep that momentum. Yeah. Keep this momentum. Yeah. Rolling. Because it's healthy and it's positive and it's good. And, and like you said there, I mean, this is you enjoying life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things. Like I, I try not to let fear be, um, too much of a driving force, I guess. But ultimately like I, it takes what it takes, right? Like if it's, if it's fear one day, that's fine. You know? Yeah. Like if it's a desire to be happy and live a best life another day, that's, that's great. You know? But I really like what you said because that's, that's, that's exactly right. Like, me wanting to be an example to, you know, other people or people that may be looking up to me is probably not going to do any good if I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, on that note, like I'm not going to be, I'm probably not going to be somebody that people want to be if I'm miserable. Right. You know, <clears throat> um, but it just, it just reminds me that, you know, like I absolutely do insist on enjoying life, which is why I set boundaries, which is why I don't allow, you know, certain things to come my way, I, which is why I establish, you know, healthy, clean relationships with people who are also working to better themselves. Yeah. And why, like, I will go out of my way to navigate around certain things that I know are going to bring me down. Yeah. And, and I think that because of that, like, I'm able to then move past any negative things that do come my way much more efficiently and smoothly in order to get back to a playing level where I am smiling. I am, you know, laughing. I am um, more present and connected 
to the loved ones in my life and the people around me. And I am uh, more plugged into just life as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say, and I really appreciate what you said, like the image versus the identity, because I do have this image I want to uphold that I'm perfect. Like that, that can hold me back quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to let people see the imperfections. I don't want to let people see the cracks. Like, even though everybody has them and they just make me human, there's this weird thing in me that's like, no, you don't get to see that part of me. Like I am perfect for all you know, (laughs) I am perfect, but that's just not the case. And so in saying that and in knowing that I can go through life and at least say, Hey man, like today was a shitty day. Yeah. It's fine. Tomorrow may not be, or it might be, you know, but I'm not going to let that get me down. I'm just going to keep on moving forward and keep doing what it is I know that will best serve me in that process. For sure. And and I like the point that like you, you say today. Yeah. Right. Today, today is going to be different. Right. And that's, that's really where the persistence comes from is, is moment to moment, day to day. I, I will tend to break character from time to time, <clears throat> depending on, where I'm at, you know, spiritually, like we've talked about, you know, how, how was my morning program? Right. And, and I built my morning program through persistence. How am I doing with, with my nutrition? Like, you know, when I'm, when I'm, uh, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, I tend to break character a little bit more. Right. And, and I know that through, this self-experimentation that we talk about on the show all the time, like experimenting with ourselves is a continual basis. Right. And I know that my bad days are so much more, uh, are, are so much shorter and further in between those, those bad moments, but they come up. Um, and I know that, you know, these moments of breaking character are short lived now. Yeah. Right where it used to be my entire life, yeah, like yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we stay persistent in this, this developmental growth of, of bettering ourselves because for some reason, you know, beyond me, I'm selfish and unselfish. And so I do consider the feelings of other people and how they rely on my ability to not be selfish. Right. So that's one of the things that I'm really persistent at is like getting out of my own way. You know, like I don't give a fuck about me right now. How does my wife feel? Yeah. And how is my behavior in this negativity affecting my wife? How is me breaking character on my children affecting their emotions right now? What does it matter if I'm hungry when I'm yelling at my kids? No, now everybody's being negative. And so I have to be persistent in my responsibility and my role as a father and my role as, you know, a a co-host of the podcast. Like when I go out and I break character on a continual basis, you know, it makes me less transparent for the show. When I go out and I break character on a continual basis, I don't show up for my spirituality, you know, and these are things that I've experimented with. And that's what makes going back to the old way of eating non-negotiable like I cannot do it because I will throw everything away and everybody will be affected by it negatively right yeah. and I'm, I'm not okay with that today for some reason I give a fuck how you feel <laughs> and, it, and it came through you know I guess empathy mm-hmm. like 
other people, like I, I attach to other people's emotions and like they let me down. And, yeah. and so I can see how if I do that, it relates back. Like what I do affects you, what you do affects me, you know, it affects the show, it affects my family. And so I'm responsible. I have to take respons- responsibility for that and I have to continue to grow. It's like not even a choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I just want to draw a line around that because I think it's important that I I recognize because I feel like it, it can be blurry sometimes um, that I think I want to put a line to where I care about how you feel, meaning I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to feel good. Like with the, my spouse, the people around me, um, it's important that I, I care how you feel as opposed to I care what you think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. I'm not doing this because I give a fuck what you think. I'm doing this because I care how you feel. Right. You know, and I uh, like that. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, very good point. As you were saying it, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, there's many times where I can get really caught up in what other people think. Yeah. But that comes from more of a place of fear. Like I'm fearing judgment. I'm fearing rejection. I'm fearing if I'm not, you know, acting a certain way or doing a certain thing that you're going to judge me and, and reject me and, and, and leave me, you know, alone or feeling unworthy because I've got this deep rooted feeling mm. of, of just low self-worth, you know, but, you know, I, I have gotten to a place where most times and again, this, this, you know, speaks to the imperfection, um, that, that I, I do care how people feel, mm-hmm. you know, um, I do care when, when, you know, my wife is not feeling well because of, especially if it's because of something I've done, but if it's something I can make better, you know, in my actions, then, you know, then I, I want to do that. Right. You know? Especially at least not make it worse. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. Which is a big part of it. Like yeah. sometimes the best thing I can do is just walk away. <laughs> just not make it worse. Exactly. You know, and, uh, and, and there's definitely, I can definitely see a lot of growth in myself in that area. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, but that's not to say that I can't get, you know, I can't backtrack and get caught up in this idea of what other people think. Yeah. yeah and that's kind of like, like image versus identity, right? Like, yeah. Same thing. Like here, here's what I think you need to see versus mm-hmm. here's who I am. And I think people will generally like accept who you are versus who you, you know, the, the image that you try to put out. Because yeah. I know that's my case. Like I'm, I'm okay with people's defects. Mm-hmm. For, you know, for the most part, like you, there, there comes a point in other people's illnesses where I have to draw a line in the sand and be like, okay, I'm done trying to be your friend. I have to step away from this. You do you, you know, when you need me, I'll be over here continuing, you know, uh, being persistent in my growth. And when you're ready, I can show you how I did it or you can go over there and do your thing. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's important to be able to draw that line mm-hmm. and like, like maintain your character with the people that are important to you and, and just continue that, that, that positive growth that needs to be done in order to be the example for the people that rely on us. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and not only be the example, but not allow whatever it is they're going through 
to drag you down. Mm -hmm. Like they may not be in a position where they're allowing us to lift them up and instead they want to pull us down. Yeah. And it's like, listen, I get that that's where you're at right now. I'm not about that. I'm a, I would rather lift you up, but you're not accepting that. So until you're ready for that, I'm just going to be over here. And when you're ready for it, let me know. And I'm more than happy to be there for you. And I think we've both been in a position, especially just in recovery, where, you know, you meet somebody who, quote unquote, wants help. Mm -hmm. And and we, you know, you'll begin working with them. And then it just, the willingness isn't there. Right. And and you've you've said it to me a number of different times. It's like I can't want it more than you do. Right. And because right, what's that going to do to me if I want it more than you and you don't do it? Yeah. You know, it's like, going to create resentment in me towards you. I'm going to be closed off. I'm going to you know start becoming somebody that I don't want to be. I'm going to start breaking character and being angry and talking behind your back and talking shit and all these negative things and find myself over here where I got to do a bunch of work to let go of the resentment shit where I could have just been straightforward right off the rip and been like, look, maybe it's not time right now. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that that's important. I, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of all a part of the process, right? Like right. this is all a part of learning and figuring out who we are. And I think that that's, that's one thing that, that uh, that is important for me to remember is that I'll never stop learning uh, about me. Oh, yeah. You know, like I'm never going to know everything there is to know about me. I like to think that I will know myself well. Yeah. But I continue to find out new things about me all the time. Because we change, right? Right, right. Like, and we, we don't always give ourselves permission to change. Oh. And we don't ask ourselves if it's okay to change. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like for, for me, a great example is like heavy metal music, man. I used to just, that's all I would listen to for a really long time. And, and I've kind of progressed. I, I still listen to it, but not like, I'm not as diehard as I was at one time. I'm more of a pop troll now. Yeah. And now you're like, <laughs> dude, you hear that new TS song? <laughs> yeah. Taylor's, yeah. And, 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 you know, but I'm willing to allow that progression, right? Without my ego getting in the way, being uh, uh, so stern and staunch with with what I think I know about myself that I'm not willing to explore anything else. Right. Like, yeah. And uh, I think that's why I say things like it's important for me to to say that to myself. Like I'll never I'll never know everything there is to know about myself because I feel like by me saying that I am allowing myself to remain open. Yeah. Right. And I'm allowing myself to remain teachable, which is one of the main things you said, like is, 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 you know, a pivotal about being persistent is being teachable, like being open up to, or to new ideas. Like if I'm going to continue to move forward in my growth, in this process of self-discovery, in this being the best version of myself that I can, despite resistance, despite, you know, all the obstacles and things that may come my way or just the changes that occur naturally in life. Like if I'm going to continue on that path and persist, then it's going to be very important that I remain open to new ideas, new strategies, new ways of thinking, um, and new, new concepts in order to make that happen. Right. 
Right. And, you know, it's, it's super important to remember too, that, that nothing is going to come overnight. Nothing's going to, you're not going to win the first time you try anything, you know, um, for those people who, who came into sobriety, came into recovery, they quit drinking the, the one time, you know, congratulations on, on that, you know, for real, because that's, that's not my story. That's not my story story. with anything, you know, and it, it goes back to the first time I tried to walk. I did not walk the very first time I tried. The first time I tried to read, I did not read the first time I tried. I didn't even like getting high the first time I tried. Like it wasn't everything that I did, positive and negative towards growth. I had to persist at it. I had to try, try, try it again, try it again, fail, pick it up. And eventually some of this stuff started to stick, you know, eventually the more I moved towards it, the more, the clearer the vision got, the the more persistent I was, the better I got at it. And I still f- fall short like of those things, but I'm not going to quit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important thing with persistence is, is we don't quit. Yeah. On. Well, and I, I wonder too, like, as you say that, I'm like, is that the opposite of persistence is just not quitting? Or, or I mean, is that, is that, is that what persistence is? It's just not quitting. Like probably persistence is not quitting, yeah. not giving up. Like, yeah. And, and that is such an important part of what it is that I do. Like, especially with my weight loss journey too, like quote unquote weight loss journey, quote unquote struggle with food, quote unquote, you know, my battle now, this is my battle now. My, my battle now is with food. And, uh, and on that note, like I will not give up like I might give in on certain days, you know, and, uh, and I definitely don't like the way that that makes me feel. And in a way it does feel like a step backward, but every time I step backward, I go, Oh yeah, I don't like the way this feels. Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. And so it just, okay, then I'm going to keep moving forward. But, but when I think about the alternative and I think about just shrugging my shoulders and giving up altogether, and I think about what that would look like. It is so far removed from that vision of the man that I want to be that it that it is not an option. Right. I cannot. I cannot give up because look at what I will become yeah. if I do. Hell yeah, bro! And I'm, I'm so glad that you are working on being the person that you want to be because because I want you to be the same person that you want to be. Right. Right. Like I want to be the guy that you expect me to be like that, that same thing, you know? So very, very, very well said. Well, and I'll say too, like, and, and, you know, like I, I, I made this point earlier, like I'm lucky enough to have people in my life that I can look at and say, like, I want to be like you. Yeah. I, 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 I want that. Like you're one of them, you know, like the way you talk about, how you think about your children, you know, like, is is this, is this something that would be okay if my child said it or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you want to be the kind of man that your, your child will want to be, you know? And, uh, and, and I think that it's important for me to have those people in my life to, to look up to, like, I don't want to be everything that you are. Like, sure. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Like there's, you know, just the good stuff. Yeah. Like, I want my hairline, <laughs> yeah. for example. 
but I mean, but you yeah. know, ultimately like I'm, I'm, I feel very blessed and very fortunate to have, you know, people, people to look up to. And I think that that's all a part of it. Like not only is it important that I have a clear vision of who it is that I want to be, but I need to have people in my life that know enough about obtaining that vision that they can help me along the way. Mm -hmm. And I have to be open and willing to asking for help. And I have to be okay with accepting the fact that I need that help. Yeah, for sure. Sure. And, and, you know, that's, that's a very good point that, you know, we're lucky to have people in our lives that are working on themselves mm -hmm. to be the example of, and, 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 you know, to, to, to that point, you know, we're lucky to have people on the show that are working on themselves and, mm -hmm. and Peter's, you know, a great example of that, like, you know, and so I'd like to just, you know, mention him and start bringing that in, you know, cause I think it's time to, to, to talk about his persistence and like share that story with the world because, yeah. oh, um, yeah. you know, he's one of those people that that's a great example of persistence and he's a great example of a person that's working on themselves and not only on himself for himself, but on himself for his people, for, yeah. you know, his community and, and just making the world a much better open and understanding place. And I, I love that. I love that I get to talk to people like that and, and have that example yeah. to try to emulate. Right. Well, and I really liked how open he was with, with everything that, you know, he's been through that is, that has happened to him and, yeah. and that he's been able to, to move through and past and, and things that he's learned about himself along the way. And, and, you know, his story is unique. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've, I've said it a thousand times, it doesn't seem to matter like how different the story is. It's always the same in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. But his story was uh, was really intriguing. Yeah. Um, from a cultural standpoint and just hearing, you know, what life was like for him growing up adopted. Adopted, and, yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of the things that he that he dealt with as a child. But, man, I think that he's probably the best person yeah. to tell this story. So for sure. You good with yeah, let's, let's, let's share it with the so world. With that, this is Peter's War Story. Kiskiut, uh, I believe. Kiskiut, Kukit. That's a good evening in my Tanaha language. My name's Peter White. That's my colonial name. My, uh, my given uh, name through ceremony is Kanchuke Tashmiat. Translated to English, roughly means night runner. And uh, I'm, I'm Kootenai, I'm Tunaha. Uh, we're regioned around Southeast British Columbia, Canada. Um, it would be East, South, Alberta, um, North, West, Montana, and then kind of in Idaho. So that's where we are. That's where the Tunaha tribe's from. And I'm June 15th is my, my year of sobriety. So um, June 15th, 2021 will be eight years for me. I've been sober for, seems like a lifetime now. <laughs> um, been through lots of trials and tribulations, uh, beat cancer, um, four years now almost, in our, yeah, three and a half years remission and cancer. I had a, a tumor in my right foot that I was diagnosed with. They pretty much explained it to me like it was breast cancer, but in the foot, they'd never seen it before. So I had a bunch of surgeries done on my foot, like extensive surgeries, it was pretty crazy. I had tendon transfers, skin graft. Um, yeah, had multiple surgeries on my foot, which was pretty crazy. 
which I'll talk about later, which kind of brought me into uh, where I am at now, now kind of. So um, I started drinking at a very young age, at like 16. I drank because of a girl, <laughs> this girl I was dating. She um, drank and I, my, I grew up in a guardian home. So I was legally adopted out from my parents because they're both alcoholics. They struggle with their addictions. Um, they still do to this day. But uh, pretty much as soon as I left the hospital, I was I was uh, adopted to a lady that was neighbors with my mom when they were teenagers and they were friends. So my mom, my, my mom, who I call my mom, she's like a, a legal guardian, but I, I look at her as my mom. She's non-Indigenous, so she's non, non-Aboriginal, non-First Nations. She's uh, Caucasian. Um, she was, she just turned 18 when she uh, adopted me. So like she was fairly young uh she dropped out of high school uh at pretty much grade 12 so she could raise me um but growing up in the family was kind of it was kind of unique because my older sister ended up getting adopted by my grandma and my guardian family so and one of my cousins so we kind of had a little bit of family together when we were adopted out so growing up we uh we were kind of close still and my guardian family never put restrictions on me. They never told me I couldn't learn my ways. They were always, you know, accepting and they always actually tried to kind of push me to learn my ways. But being adolescents, it wasn't cool, right? It wasn't the end thing to do. So uh, I kind of got into when I was nine and 10, I started to powwow dance a little bit. There's different categories of powwow dancing and I kind of got into a category called grass dance. I danced for about two years, three years, and then we had moved. We moved from the Kootenays uh, to the Okanagans. Uh, my great, my grandpa, my guardian grandpa, legal guardian grandpa, uh, was diagnosed with COPD type two. So they needed to go to a bigger city that had better facilities for a hospital. So my mom ended up following them because she was really close to them. And I just fell out from my whole culture and everything. And I fell out from that because no one was really, I never really, I didn't know many people from that area. There was a lot of indigenous people there. I just, I didn't really know anyone, you know, being young, not knowing very many people, it was kind of awkward. So I kind of just, I kind of tried to hide, like I was trying to hide who I was. It's kind of ashamed who I was at the time. And then high school came along, um, grade nine I was yeah grade nine I started to hang out with this girl she was uh, indigenous first nations and she drank she was a year older and I didn't want to drink because I seen my parents the way they were growing up like I would kind of have touch with them here and there but they were they were pretty lost in their addictions they were worse off than they are now and I just didn't want to be that but I really like this girl so you know I, I kind of played it off like I was drinking for a while and then she kind of caught on and then one night I just I did drink and the first night I drank I blacked out and it's kind of crazy I tell people that every time I drink I blacked out I don't remember a single time I drank that I didn't black out it was nuts so that was my first experience of alcohol and it just grew the addiction just grew like um, pretty fast like it was instantly as soon as I felt that buzz feeling like that that warm tingly feeling in your stomach um, that's what I was trying to chase but 
I never realized it. The more you drink, the further you get away from that. But I was still trying to chase that. But in my mind, I didn't realize that. So I would just drink and drink and drink, trying to keep that and chase that. And I just ended up blacking out every time. And there's, shoot, there's been like many nights. I don't remember how I got home or I don't remember like three quarters of the night. Like sometimes it, I would day drink and not even remember half the day. Like you just come in and out of it. Um, I tried to quit a couple of times when I was younger. Uh, I would quit for like four months, five months then jump back on because I was kind of bored, you know, bored with life. I think I quit. I think I must have had to quit 15 times before I uh, actually quit. <laughs> I tell people that, you know, you got to keep quitting and then eventually you quit because it's just, it's just, you got to learn. And I talk about that nowadays. Some people don't like the way I kind of talk about falling off, but I look at falling off as showing us gratitude for what sobriety is right you don't really understand sobriety until you fall off and realize that it is actually something you really want you know it's 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 another way of showing yourself gratitude and i've tried to tell that to some people and some people get really offended by me um myself personally i never did the aa thing i kind of went the different route but i know aa people are kind of um i don't really understand it myself because i've never been down that road but I know there's 12 steps and there's these things and people tell me that you can't tell people to, you know, do that. That's the wrong way. You know, they'll die. They'll relapse. You know, if they relapse, they'll die. They can, I'm like, well, then that's your time to go. Cause that's, that's how we are. Right? Our times, times to go and it's time to go. It doesn't matter. Can't change it. So that's the way I look at it. And, uh, throughout my whole twenties, I early twenties, I drank, um, every weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday, every every event I could, like um, Christmas, New Year's, Halloween, like every holiday. That would just it was just a reason for me to drink and meet up with people and waste a lot of money, piss a lot of money away. Um, I never did drugs. That's the thing, you know. I, I think I can count on my hands how many times I smoked weed. And every time I smoked weed, I got really paranoid and uh, I just didn't like the feeling. And then people would say, oh, you got to smoke more. And I'm like, no, man. I just I'm good with my alcohol. I'm good. I'm good with booze and drinking. And that's just my thing. And shoot, some nights I would I would spend up to like 600 bucks on booze, like just buying for myself, for friends and everyone around me. And I'm a union iron worker, so I make decent money. I also, I'm also an entrepreneur, but at the time I was an iron worker, so I still am, but I, um, all my hard-earned money would just be spent on booze all weekend. Like it was kind of nuts. Like there was a few times, uh, I was pretty close on rent because I, uh, drank too much. And actually, um, at the age 18, I moved up Northern, Northern Alberta to try to work the oil rigs with, uh, my brother, my guardian brother. And uh, it didn't really work out for me. Didn't really like that. So I ended up moving to Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, not really knowing anyone. Had a few little few friends here that lived out here. And um, I had a job, part-time laboring uh, on construction sites. And I would, I would be pretty much paid every day. They would pay me every day. 
and I would just spend it on booze mostly, like partying and drinking and clothes. And I was actually homeless at the time. So I didn't even have a place. I was staying at friends on friends' couches. I would, um, wherever I could stay. Uh, this girl I was seeing at the time, her, her mom was addicted to, uh, I think it was speed. Pretty sure she was addicted to speed. So her mom knew of all these like uh, crack shacks, I guess, these, these drug houses. And sometimes I would just go there and sleep because you know, I knew people were always up and I could find a place to just crash in the corner or whatever. Or there was this one place that she knew that had a, a Winnebago outside. And that's where they would, uh, all the street workers would take their clients. And I would just go in there sometimes and sleep if it rained. And it rains a lot here in Vancouver. So <laughs> I would I would try and sleep there instead of sleeping on the street. Um, friends would sneak me into their places, sleep on their sleep on their spare couches or on the ground, wherever, right? Some of my friends' parents kind of felt bad for me, so they let me stay for a little bit, which is pretty much just being a bum until I was about 20, 1929 ended up finally deciding to save up to get my own place. Uh, one of my friend's parents let me stay in their in their basement suite for, was it two months? Well, I saved up for a damage deposit on the house. And after that, I ended up moving, like staying in places and trying to save up and understanding rent and all that. And I partied for a good another four years, just off and on drinking, blacking out, spending a lot of my money 24 came around and I met this girl at a party or she's actually she came out to a bar um and we hit it off really good we kind of hung out more started started getting more serious on the time as the time went on started dating her she had a little girl I think at the time when I started dating her her daughter was two two or three but she was on two or three and uh I was still drinking. We were still, you know, hang on weekends and drink. And she would drop her daughter off at her at her mom's. So her daughter was never around. And the odd time her daughter would come out and spend the night when we wouldn't drink, but wasn't wasn't very often though. And then her mom started to kind of want to spend more time with her daughter because she's like, Hey, I'm not spending time with my daughter. I need to start spending time with her. So I was still addicted to alcohol. And I would still party and I would make promises to hang out, but I would just go party and black out. We were supposed to go do things, go to the aquarium or whatever. And uh, I kind of remember coming in and out of my blackout one time when she was threatening to break up with me. Uh, she said she can't do this anymore. And then that's when I knew I needed to change because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to lose her. So I remember telling her when I was coming to my blackout that I'm going to change, I'm going to stop. And then I sobered up the next day and I was taking a look at my life and I was kind of looking at myself. Like I, I felt like my parents, you know, I felt like how my parents were with me and I didn't want to be that, that drunken mess that I saw growing up. You know, I didn't grow up with my real parents, but I saw them once in a while. I seen them do that. So I didn't want to be that for that little girl. I wanted to be a stand-up man for that little girl. So I decided to um, change my life. And I started working out. I was pretty, I was overweight. I think I was about 230, 35 pounds at that time. And I'm pretty, I'm 5'7". So, you know, it looks kind of funny on me being that much. 
So I, I got a personal trainer, started to work out and it was like a blessing in disguise because we were talking about, you know, I was talking about alcohol and getting sober kind of, and my, my personal trainer looked at me and he's like, you're never going to lose weight if you don't give up the beer. He's like, it's, it's filled with empty calories. So if you want to get in shape, you got to give that up. And I was like, wow, that's, that's like one of my signs because I don't want to kind of quit drinking. So I took that as my sign. I started working out more, getting in better shape. I kind of jumped around personal trainers um, just to try other things. Out. I've done powerlifting. I've done, you know, the bodybuilding style. I've done uh, Olympic lifting, which I really love. Um, done a little bit of boxing. And uh, it took me a few times to quit after I decided to quit. Uh, I didn't just quit right away. How I did it was I told myself, okay, I was going to drink once a weekend. So it was either Friday night or Saturday night. And then I did that for about two months, kind of got that under control. And then I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to drink two times a month. And then that slowly started as two times a month. And I got that under control. And then it was like once a month. And when I had triggers and stuff like that, I would just, on Friday night was really bad for me. I would go work out kind of late. And then I would buy movie tickets. So I'd go see a movie. And by the time I got out of the movie, I'd be too tired to drink. So I was just like, I'm just, just going to go home. I'm tired. I'm going to pass out. And I was my partner. And that's how we, that's how I, I started to move that. And then it was, I think I was sober, sober. I hadn't drinking for almost four months. And uh, we, we were moving. And you know how you, like, when you're partying, you always have an excuse to drink. So we were having a moving party. And I bought a, I bought a, I can't. I think it was a, I want to say it was a 12-pack or a 10-pack. It, was, it wasn't very much beers. What I was used to drinking, I would drink a lot. I drank like probably 45 beers and I guess a fifth or an eighth a night. That's a lot. I drank a lot. So um, I had 10 beers and I started to get that feeling that I, that I got and I was trying to chase and I had to fight. I remember fighting so hard, not going to the liquor store to buy more or going to the bar to go drink more. And that's when I realized that I had a problem. And um, that's when I started to take a bigger look at my life, figuring out that, damn, like alcohol is not for me. I can't handle that. I can't control that. And uh, so after that, it was almost two months until I had another drink. And... Um, I was with my one of my best friends. We bought I bought a gazebo and we were setting that up and I bought a, a 12 pack with him. Um I remember I opened up the beer, I took a sip, and it was it tasted funny. It was like, man, this doesn't taste right. So kind of smelled it and I thought maybe it was bad. And um so I said, whatever, I'll try it again. Took another sip and I asked my friend, I was like, Is this does this taste funny to you, man? It tastes tastes weird i don't like it it tastes gross and then so he took a sip of my beer and he's like tastes good to me so i had one more sip and then after that just something clicked and i just said this wasn't for me this 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 isn't for me anymore and i just knew from that point on that like i didn't need alcohol and it was pretty crazy it was like uh it was like the light turned on it was it was 
yeah, it's something I've been searching for for a while. So I've done a lot of work um, on myself, trauma healing, and you know, working out and other things, beating cancer, and um, I started entrepreneurship. Um, I'm a I'm a Congan water distributor, but um, that's actually how on my uh, personal growth where I'm at today. That's what actually started that. So. Um, I started to sell Kong and art. Well, it was before that. I, I was working out, starting to get healthier. My um, my coach or my personal trainer, the very first one I had, forced me to drink like four liters of water a day, like a gallon a day. And I was like, man, that's hard. Like, so he drew little lines on my on my water bottle for me, for like, timed it out for me to drink water. And he's like, you need to drink at least a gallon a day. So I, I chugged that back. It was hard. And then after I started to see, feel better and see the results, so I started doing more research on uh, water because I knew water was like, it's super important for us. And I knew tap water is just not healthy because it's full of a lot of stuff. And I wasn't really big into bottled water because I knew that it just tasted like plastic and I just wasn't too sure it was in it. And I knew... At the time, I kind of had a feeling, you know, some water water bottle companies steal from Indigenous peoples and they don't give back to the communities. And, you know, um, I just kind of knew I didn't want to support that. So I kept looking at natural ways and this water that I sell now kept coming up. And there was different people. A guy went to ironworking school. Um, he was drinking the water. That's how I kind of came across it. And he kind of told me about it. And I was drinking it and kind of seen results. And then another another fitness guru I follow online, he was talking about the water, and and then another one of my best friends, he was talking about the water, and and then I was kind of like put it together. I'm like, these people don't even know each other, and like they they don't even, they're not even the same circle. It's kind of weird how they're all talking about it, and then pretty much I took that as my sign, so I started that entrepreneurship selling the water and. I kind of, that was kind of at the point where I got diagnosed with cancer. So I was kind of looking up natural ways to heal because I, I didn't feel like I was going to go down the chemo route if I had to. And this water kept popping up. Um, and then that's, that's when I started to, later down on the road, I started to invest in myself. Um, I consume a lot of positive content. I read a lot. I journal every morning. Uh, I do gratitude journals. Um, I, what else do I do? I, I meditate. I do yoga. I work out consistently, like in any form. It's just getting the body going, getting around dancing. I'm a power dancer, but, you know, that's, um, that's how I, when I was diagnosed with cancer, that's, I was leaving the doctor's office, um, they had already taken out, I had a big tumor on the top of my foot. It's like an oversized bean. It's probably like this big, probably about the size of my eyeball. And I couldn't put any pressure on it. And it was there for about, about a year, half a year. And I thought it would go away being a tough man, right? Oh, it'll go away. I didn't want to go to the doctor. And then something at work happened. And, and I, I ended up going to the doctors and they cut it out. And the doctor just said he had a funny feeling about it. So he sent it away for a biopsy that turned into, uh, he's like, you know, maybe cancer, it may not just so you know, 
So they did extensive like blood work, have done CT scans, MRIs. Uh, they did ultrasounds on my foot. And then it came back, it was cancer. So they're like, well, we're gonna cut everything away. Um, we're gonna take tendons out, transfer tendons, just so you know. Um, you, your foot, you know, you, your foot might be a little weird when you, when we finish, so I'm, I not, might not be able to iron work again. So that's, that's when I took the, the entrepreneurship more serious. And as I was leaving the doctor's office after they told me it was cancer, I just, I, I kind of knew, I knew I had a feeling. So I went to the doctor's office and I was sitting there in the cancer treatment center and three of them came in and I was like, oh yeah, this is it this is cancer man like this is it and they didn't have to tell me i just read their i read their vibe their faces and then as i was leaving the office i called my mom i told her and i said this is this is my chance this is where i want to start paddle dancing um because prior to that i was i was going to powos and i was just hanging out on weekends to watch to get myself out and to to keep myself busy during weekends, you know, we don't drink, you need things to do. So it's been about a year since I was going and I kind of wanted to go and I took that as my sign to start dancing. And that, that like blew up quickly. Cause as soon as I started to dance, I just fell in love with it. I invested a lot of my time and energy. Like I would work Monday to Friday, ironworking, leave a little early. I was traveling to Powell. I was like, four or five hours away so i would power all weekend get home late sunday night back up to iron work and that's what i would do all summer and uh, i would practice as much as i could and that blew up pretty quick like uh people who see me dance now they think i've been dancing my whole life and they don't realize that I'm like no i haven't even been dancing for like four years and they're just blown away but that's because i put like all of my my heart and all my energy into that and creating things and learning things and just traveling and dancing and failing lots. Like I've, yeah, failed lots at dancing. And uh, that's with everything in life. You know, you gotta fail and fail and fail and you'll eventually get it. Um, and I'm pretty much here now, almost, I guess. Um, just recently i've been consuming more and more uh content from like uh i don't know if you know gary vaynerchuk i listen to him a lot and uh i've been listening to him for the last three months and the way he portrays himself i was like man that's like us indigenous people us indigenous people are exactly what he talks about so a lot of my stuff i post now my my social media content is from the heart and I'm not trying to sell. Before I was trying to sell the water and that's all my content was about was just selling water and selling water. And now that shifted to just helping people to become better, to become the best versions of themselves anyway in form, like through sobriety or, you know, losing, you know, losing weight or starting a new job or whatever they want, quitting the job they hate or becoming an artist or just, playing an instrument that's that's what my goal is now it's just to inspire people to become better and that's that's where my content has shifted and it's just it's just changed my whole life it's pretty cool it's pretty unique to see people reach out to me and ask me stories and 
asked me how I got sober. And in my journey through sobriety, I learned a lot of cool things, like listening to people, and I've kind of tweaked it for myself. So when people ask me um, sobriety tips, one tip I give people now is sit down, have a have one of your favorite drinks, have one of your favorite drinks, um, coffee, tea, water, you know, a pop, whatever you want. Put on some some relaxing music like jazz. I listen to chill hop. Chill hop's pretty good on YouTube. They got different styles, different genres, classical. Sit down and write why you want to become sober. And write down 10 things you're going to gain from sobriety. People are so prone to looking at what they're going to lose, like what they have to give up. They never look at what they're going to gain from sobriety. Like there's a lot of things that you can gain from sobriety and take a picture of that, put it on your phone, keep fold up that list if you want to put it in your wallet, purse, wherever. And when times get hard, read that out loud, those 10 things. Why? And why? Because that's going to like spark you to get back into where you first started when it gets hard because sobriety isn't easy. It's definitely not easy. And that's one thing, honestly, I wish I learned when I started my journey because that would have made it a lot easier knowing why I wanted to be sober and what I've gained from it. So that's, that's one tip I could give you about sobriety and just enjoy it. It's, you know, it's, it's a process. It doesn't happen. Like you can't just be 10 years sober. You have to do it one day at a time. You know, that's today's like, honestly, that's when when people ask me now, how long I've been sober, I just tell them I'm sober today. And that's honestly what matters to me is today. It doesn't matter how much time I've been sober before it's I'm sober today because that's the past. And this is now. So if you can just focus on being today, you're already one step ahead. And then that eventually will just add up. And then you, you'll, you'll be happier. <laughs> and know, you know, just know that you're going to fall down. And that's where gratitude comes from. Falling off, falling off the wagon. So that's, that's my story. My Instagram is uh, Peter you not so white and you know my name's peter white and as you can tell i'm not really white so that's where i kind of came up with that um the you is from um i saw a a numerologist whatever the numerology he he sees numbers and stuff and he kind of looks at your name so he he said you know put a you in that because i used to be it used to be peter not so white and then he's like throw a you in it it'll kind of turn people off like they'll kind of get thrown off by it so yes peter you know peter you not so white i'm also on tiktok that's the same it's peter you not so white um my business where i where i sell kongan water is in my instagram link it's in the bio and uh kongan water has changed my life <laughs> the slogan with kongan water is change your water change your life so yeah it's changed my life for the better i wouldn't be the man who i am today definitely because I've suffered through depression and suicidal thoughts and things like that. And I, I wouldn't be who I am if, if without that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I haven't had a chance to try the water yet, but 
I, I plan to because I'm, yeah. I'm interested in it. You know, yeah, it sounds, it sounds really interesting. Yeah. So I mean, they, he made it sound like it really changed his yeah. life. Yeah. Anything like that's worth absolutely looking into, looking into at least. Right? You know, when, when somebody says this changed my life for the better, it's definitely worth looking into. So, yeah. um, you know, Peter, thank you. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing your story, being willing to find a time to, to connect with me on, on zoom and, you know, being from British Columbia, you know, it's, it's a minute away yeah. from here. And so I, I love that we get to connect with people from so far away. And so, you know, what do you think? I thought yeah. it was so interesting. Yeah. Um, just, I really liked hearing about the culture. I, I, uh, I liked, I mean, I think it's, it's really, I can only imagine what that would be like to have alcoholic parents, um, alcoholic to the point where you're giving up for adoption. You still know your parents. Yeah. You get to see it. Right. Like he, I mean, he still would go back and witness what was going on with his parents. Meanwhile, he's got this, you know, his guardianship family mm-hmm. who, who's taking care of him and, uh, just what a different experience that is. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I appreciate, you know, his adopted mother, like, you know, never, never like stopping that whole encouraging, you him. know, yeah. uh, finding out who you are. And, and, and when I, when I talk about identity, I, I, I was thinking about him, you know, he has a solid identity, mm-hmm. you know, it's not an image, it's an identity, mm-hmm. you know, and it comes out in his dance. It comes out in, in his videos when he's sharing on his IG talking about, you know, whatever the topic may be, because he gets a lot of comments from people. He gets a lot of questions from people and he, he'll go on Instagram live and he'll answer those questions and he'll talk about them, you know, sometimes for, you know, over 20 minutes about the answer to those things. And, and it's clear that he has an identity and it didn't come from one day. He just had an identity. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, he persisted through this stuff, but maintaining that vision, like always, it seemed like he always had this underlying thing of like, I really don't want to be drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he even said that, you know, growing up that that was always like, he saw what it did to mm-hmm. his parents. So he knew that he didn't want that for himself, but a girl, yeah, fucking blacking out day one and then blacking out every every time after that. Yeah. Yeah. Just always every every time, you know. And that's that's the throes of addiction. Yep. Right. And and I love that he was able to identify that. Like I'm addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's gotta stop. Mm-hmm. And going through the cravings, you know, and like weaning off is isn't uh very common. It works for some people and he's one of them. Yeah, you know. Well, and it's not something, you know, that is recommended, but here's the thing. And again, this goes back to persistence, right? Right. He tried a lot of different things. Yeah. And he finally was able to find a way, like he knew enough that he wanted to to be rid of it. He wanted to be done with it. He kept trying. And the, the thing, the thing that is not, I'm not going to say bad, but different about weaning, weaning yourself off is it, it requires a massive amount of discipline. Yeah. You got to have some self-control. Right. Exactly. And, and me as an alcoholic, I don't, I don't have it. Not, not, yeah. not when it comes to alcohol, not when it comes to alcohol or drugs, you know, um, Peter is obviously he's able to do something like that yeah. and, and it worked for him mm-hmm. and whatever it takes, dude, like that's the biggest part about any of this stuff is there is not one way to get, yeah sober 
the important part is you do whatever it takes. Yeah, and I and I appreciate him sharing it because it's so important that other people know that it can be done that yeah. way. Yeah, you know, especially for people that have tried the route that we've taken. You know, the route, you know, treatment or you know, uh, psychology or and and none of those things are working. And then here's Peter who has a perfect example of how it could work for other people. Right, right, right. And then he's willing to put himself out there that if you're one of those people that none of this stuff has worked, you know, he might be a good person to, to, to get a hold of and say, how, mm-hmm. you know, what was day one? Like, what yeah. was, what was day five? Like, you know, how did you get past the, the, the first, uh, checkpoint if you will, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, cause, uh, we are in all pathways, which means we are all pathways. Yeah. If you are sober and it's working for you, we need to know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think everybody can change their lives through enough persistence and, and, and wanting, right? Like getting that clear vision, your why, right. why? Yeah, your why. Well, and he made a very good suggestion, you know, there at the end is, is you know, take time out, like put time aside, grab your favorite drink, grab some music and sit down and write your 10 reasons why, yeah. you know. And I think that that just speaks to the power of writing. But I think that it's important when you go into this journey to have a clear vision of why. What is your why? This is the why. This is the person that you want to be. This is is the reasons why it's not going to work if you keep living the way that you're living. Right. So ask yourself why and then remember it on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, and you talk too about finding gratitude and relapse. Yeah. Which, uh, which, you know, I think takes some time in my, in my experience. It takes I can time. see it now. Yeah. I can see it now too, you know, but it definitely didn't always yeah. look at it that way. Yeah. I'm so grateful for my failures because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. Right? Like every, if anything was different, everything would be different. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I find true value in, in failing. Sure. As long as I persist past that. Mm-hmm. And, you know? and learn from it. And, and so... Yeah, good shit. Yeah. Very good, you know, and, and, you know, go go on his Instagram, uh, check out his dance, check out his page, check out his water. All those plugs are in there, so. At Peter, you not so white, remember. Yeah. I I love that. I love it. It's great. So. Well, there you go, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank Thank you, you. bro. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Can't thank you enough, man. It was great. Such, yeah. a, such a different take. This was this was a really interesting uh, shoot for me. I struggled. Yeah, with, well, I struggled on this one. Just so you know, like I don't know how it's going to look, <laughs> but I'm I don't gonna, care. I'm going to try and work. I don't magic. care either. Like, I don't. I don't have all the answers all the time, and I don't. I'm just as human as everybody man, else, and I love it. We got to put that out there. I love it. Yep. I'm going to do this anyway. Yep. You know. Go through all the all the things why why this particular shoot was different than all the other particular shoots, and they're not just. It's fine. It's good. It's still good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, well, with that, man, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryland. Thanks, uh, Jordan. Yeah, interns. Um, I didn't mean to say Ryland. I meant to say interns. Thanks, interns. Um, But uh, anyways, guys, with that, remember, you are worth the work. We will see you on the other side. Jordan looks like a hobo.
The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.